0: There's a adjacent He couldn't be in everything
1: Welcome to a bonus episode of Crazy for Swayze. I am your host, Vince Troya, and I'm joined as always with my co-host,
2: Josh Young. Josh, how are you today? Do you think we could have come up with a better name than Ward Week? Fuck no. Okay.
1: Ward Week is perfect!
2: Yeah, but, I, but hey man, I don't want to argue.
1: Like the man himself, we couldn't we couldn't just give you one. We had to give you another. Today, we are visiting the 2001 cult classic, Joe Dirt.
2: Josh, tell me about your relationship with Joe Dirt. Love Joe Dirt. I fucking love Joe Dirt also, man. I want to find out why Fred Ward would name his child Joe Dirt. I, I want to also. I feel like I've never actually
1: gotten that answer.
2: Yeah. I mean, maybe we'll get answers about why he named his real-life son, Jenko. <laughs> Good point. Also,
1: I I I was kind of like genuinely bummed, right? When we decided we wanted to do this,
2: I was like, "Oh man, I don't own this movie." It seems like it's hard to find. Yeah, at a reasonable price, I imagine.
1: Yeah, I went to the resale shop and and I looked through the entire resale shop and I couldn't find a fucking copy.
2: Well, you found copies of other movies. I found 30 copies of Inception. (laughs) Well, that seems right. (laughs) Dude, Inception's a great movie. I don't know. I think Dan Harmon was right about it. I don't
1: know. I don't know about that. But yeah, this movie is hard to fucking find, but I was able to find it on YouTube so we can still celebrate the man himself. Fred Ward. Fred Ward. I was waiting for you to jump in. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, I did. I'm happy I did. Now, in this one, Fred Ward isn't even taking a back seat. He is not our main character like he was in Tremors, right? David Spade is the star of the fucking show. He was also in Tommy Boy, Emperor's New Groove, and a slew a slew of Saturday Night Live's.
2: Mmm, That's Swayze adjacent. Yeah, yeah, oh, it so is. this one's double Swayze adjacent as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. I what well, the Robert Schneider's first episode was Patrick Swayze's episode. I'm not sure oh, if David Spade, Spade was on it,
2: he wasn't one of those white trash guys. Hm. I, I couldn't remember,
1: mm. I couldn't remember. But Brittany Daniels, Dennis Miller, Adam Beach, Chris Walken, Jamie Presley, Kid Rock, and Eric Purcellivan Sullivan are all gonna be in this as well. Are you excited? To see Kid Rock
2: on the big screen, you know I have a personal grudge against Kid Rock. I know that's Bobby. I, that's why I wanted to bring him up. He's Bobby in this movie. He is Bobby in this movie. This is his truest form. Do you think so? Do the you one think that that's... W- the one that we the the truest form that we will ever see. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think you're right because he was clearly Kid Rock by the time we got old enough to like really
2: know about him. My stepmom's family used to hang out with him when yeah. he was a teenager.
1: Yeah, was he cool?
2: Oh no, he was just Bobby. Just his dad talking. owns dealerships. His dad's a fucking used car salesman.
1: He does own dealerships.
2: Yeah, so this guy, this guy, don't know shit about being hard rock from the D. I, in my research,
1: I found out that this was the director Denny Gordon's debut film. Denny Gordon. Denny Gordon. And she also directed that Waco series with uh, Taylor Kitsch and Supergirl. Oh. Yeah, and uh, New York Minute with the Olsen twins and What a Girl Wants with, uh, what's her name? Amanda Show. Um, Amanda Bynes. Yeah. Yeah. Amanda, please. Amanda, please. Now, this was a Happy Madison and Columbia production. It is 91 minutes long, and it is rated PG-13.
2: Wow, this is a Happy Madison production. We're going to watch a Happy Madison production of our own free will. Yeah. Yeah, we are. This, this ain't no, like, uncut gems.
1: That wasn't a Happy Madison production. I know. Adam Sandler isn't even in this movie.
2: This is probably one of the better <laughs> Happy Madison films.
1: I I think so. Um, I feel like Happy Madison films are
2: all over the place. Yeah, I and mean, they got some with just Rob Schneider.
1: Yeah, yeah, they do. Dude, I have uh, a few of them.
2: Yeah.
1: right. I And I love Strange Wilderness. Have you ever seen Strange Wilderness? Yeah. It's got Steve Zahn in it. Yeah. And uh, f- the guy who plays Farva, Kevin, I like, forget his last name,
2: and J- Justin Long. Uh-huh. Yeah.
1: And I know Ernest, the movie. Ernest Bordnight's in it, too. They it, go hunting it's for Bigfoot.
2: It's pretty funny, but Dude. like the, the commercials made it seem so annoying. Dude, uh, everyone I've ever shown it to hates it.
0: That's
1: pretty funny. I hates it. At least like Steve's on. See, and it's like I—I I guess I get it because it is kind of—it is very stupid, and it is kitschy. But Happy Madison also put out Billy Madison and uh, Happy Gilmore. Happy Gilmore. Yeah. And fucking Grandma's Boy.
2: I like fucking Big Daddy. Big Daddy. Yeah. Um. I like Click. Was that? I think that is a Happy Madison production.
1: I thought that was a Disney movie.
2: Mm -hmm. Maybe but I don't think so man
1: Write in If you know if Click was a Disney Or a Happy Madison movie Let us know at SwayzePod At gmail.com Or on our social medias at SwayzePod Josh are you ready to watch Joe Dirt Yes Uh, Let's fucking do it Josh, I think that was the first time I watched Joe dirt in like at least ten years.
2: It's been a while, though you've seen it a lot, right? <laughs>
1: it's been so many times i've seen like I think that's why I haven't seen it in so long.
2: you know you just know all the beats yeah, like but it's good to know what order they're in.
1: yeah, it was nice like because like this is the first time I ever tried to watch it like objectively, you know mm-hmm. every other time it's just been on, but it's like it was on every other hour. For the entirety of the 2000s, it seems like yeah, like it was constantly on VH1 and Comedy Central, and I feel like MTV also.
2: Yeah, it's a it, it doesn't need much cutting for TV.
1: Yeah, it was it was a real a real tight 91 minutes. You know,
2: mm-hmm. only s- ten small segments of nine minute increments. Yeah, with it, no ads. How did we, we get no
1: ads, dude? I have no idea. That's amazing. I think it was the same. It was the same guy who put it all together. You know, mm-hmm. so maybe he just didn't add ads or it, whatever. It, whatever the case, you know.
2: When I was listening to Kendrick Lamar's new album, I got two ads up front, and then I didn't get any more ads throughout the rest of the the album. Eighteen yeah. tracks.
1: Yeah. Uh, I I don't want to necessarily
2: shout out the person. Should I shout out the person? Well, they probably can't monetize it, so then there's no ads, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, shout out the person
1: vinsig 99. Thank you. You really helped us out with this one.
2: And anyone who wants to watch Joe Dirt for free right now because it like we figured out it was kind of hard to find.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you can just YouTube Joe Dirt full movie and then I'll play those to come up with 10 parts and that's what we did.
2: That's for you. Yeah, that's for you. I was thinking that this is a it's a it's a double fretter, Right? Okay. The two Fred Ward movies? Mm Mm-hmm. Double Fretter. It's a double Fretter. That is a fucking... Dude, you nailed that one. Yep. You give me two hours, I'll think of something. I like that. I like that. So welcome back to part two of our Double (laughs) Fretter. Fred Ward is barely in this movie.
1: He is in it for a scene. Let's talk about his scene right up on right up top, right. He's doing like a Elvis impression, I guess. Yeah, he's playing Joe's father, right? We go throughout this entire movie about an hour and fifteen minutes before Fred Ward is even introduced, right? He comes on right at the tail end. We uh, thought he was dead. Yeah, we we he he's missing throughout most of the time. Then he we thought he was dead. Then his mom calls in TRL with Carson Daly, and you know. Joe finds their address and goes. To, decides to visit. I think Fred Ward does good energy. Like they seem like they would be father and son.
2: Well, they got the same haircut.
1: Well, yeah, of course. But like his laughing really did it for me. <laughs> <laughs> but like they they just like seem like yeah that's that's believable. I would you know you nailed it. -hmm. Yep, they're
2: they're believable con artists. The mom as well. I I her clown obsession. Yeah, her clown obsession. This is the second time in a row we're talking about clowns because Fred Ward is a clown
1: because he's a big old fucking clown.
2: And I really liked that she wore
1: multiple animal prints as well. Like his parents, I felt like were perfect representations of what Joe Dirt actually was. Yeah, his
2: uh, his essence.
1: Yes, like we saw
2: where everything that was like him came from. To that end, Fashion Corner. Yep. Do, do his parents have the, the best swag, or is Joe Dirt the ultimate swag? I don't know, man.
1: I don't know. Everybody had really cool outfits for the entire
2: movie. Yeah, this is like a glorification of white trash culture, right? Yeah, I love... it like, not in a negative way. Like, it just is.
1: Yeah, I loved all of it. Like... I feel as if I've either worn or have seen someone close to me wear the all of these outfits.
2: Yeah, now it's, like, chic.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it is chic.
2: But back then it was a joke. This movie is, like, full of dated jokes and uh, mostly homophobic shit.
1: Yeah, there is lots of homophobic shit all over. Um,
2: In some cases it's ironic. But in other cases it's totally genuine.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, like the overfocus on uh, Buffalo Bob is uh is a huge red flag. Yeah. He Damn. Talk about swag. Yeah. <laughs> Buffalo Bob yeah. is doing the best with low budget Silence of the Lambs that he possibly fucking could. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> it all looks pretty good honestly. <laughs> Like yeah, he
1: wanted to, uh, wanted to use your skin to make like a Joe Dirt trench coat or something
2: like that. Yeah, he was gonna like make it into a suit that he would tuck his penis up inside, like a woman.
1: Yeah, yeah, and uh, like it, I, I don't know. I they, I knew they were going for Silence of the Lambs, right?
2: But they focused just on the homophobic part. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean like there's no in-depth psychology behind it. It's just suddenly he's in the hole. (laughs) And he's cool as soon as he gets the auto trainer. It was
0: so he's like, I don't wanna do it. I don't wanna do it. He's like, put the lotion on your skin. He's like, I don't wanna do
1: it. Where's my stuff? I have demands and he gets an auto trainer. And he's just sitting there going like, Ooh, I used to have this car. And then you notice like on the wall, it's like instead of having like the fingernails that were in um What's it called?
2: Silence of the Lambs. It says Joe Dirt rules on the wall, which strikes me as very O'Doyle rules.
0: <laughs> oh, it was so funny. I loved it, man.
2: Yeah, you gotta love it. I mean, it's hilarious because the scene doesn't focus on the homophobic parts, mm-hmm. but then everybody afterwards does. So, is that is that commentary or is it just homophobic nonsense? No, sure. Who's to say? Not sure. I liked.
1: Charlene's outfit at the gator farm Oh, Charlene's the gator lady Yes In my notes, she's gator lady Gator lady, Charlene, yeah Uh, Rosanna Arquette Um, I loved her tank top with the boobs on it I thought it was so fucking silly Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, I kind of want one
2: I don't think anybody really has any noteworthy swag Except for, I guess, Clem And then uh, at the end, he's Gert Yeah That's some swag Gert beef robe that's some swag. <laughs>
1: what a name Gert Beef.
2: From- <laughs> Honestly, I guess I'm into Joe Dirt's mom's aesthetic. That's that's the one for me. She wins Fashion Corner for me.
1: Yeah, not Brandy? No. Not Kid Rock, not Robbie?
2: Ro- Bobby looks just like he does in real life. He looks
1: I? exactly like he does in real life. I-,
2: I like the joke that he can't read.
1: I thought that it was fucking hilarious. <laughs> I forgot completely about it. Like, <laughs> dear Robbie and I was just like, wait, are they going for this? And he did it, and I was like, well, I'm happy Robbie got through the record, or you know, like the whole the whole note and everything like that. But like he was fucking working.
2: Is that no Brandy wrote real? <laughs> just sitting <laughs> yeah. there fucking doing his best. I was like, goddamn, because if to go, he man. wrote it, he would know how to read way it to properly. Go. Yep, good good on him. You know, he did have some swag. Bobby is the coolest guy in the movie in terms of like aesthetic for the time.
1: He was listening to Bachman Turner Overdrive also.
2: Yeah, I mean, he's like, uh, you know, he's kind of like a new age cool guy. And Joe Dirt's like old school cool guy. Yeah. Back when men were dudes and they just wanted to look at an auto trader. (laughs) So, I mean, yeah, second place, but not for Brandy. I'm not into the horse girl aesthetic. I uh, cannot relate. (laughs) Oh, you are into the horse your yeah. aesthetic. Hell yeah. <laughs> I mean, I like the movie, but the type. Eh.
1: Oh, whatever, man. No, it's totally cool. Um, I think that my... Uh calling people freak boy came from this movie and i oh, just didn't realize it holy until shit, now dude
2: i have a couple quotes that stick with me from this movie oh i
1: have so many quotes that stick with me from this i felt that like this i was, say
2: all the time dude, i feel like this is most of, like this is my spinal tap keep on keeping on i say all the time
0: dude <laughs> <laughs> i really like you show me those boobies <laughs>
2: Yeah, when he when he verbally sexually assaults that woman at at, at a bomb point. It was
0: awful, but it's it so funny. It is funny. <laughs> um, the, the Boeing bomb. <laughs> that that was absurd. Every time, um, Every home is where
2: home. you make it is is something that sticks in my vocabulary as well as as well as you like to see homos naked. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't see any problem with that. But I don't see how it helps me. I I do like the the, the whos ker whos ker Who's-ker-don'ts. Who's a list of fireworks. A list of anything is always funny. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, th- yeah. That's one of my favorite types of songs. A litany. A list of fucking things that goes on and on and on forever. <laughs> If I told you you had a beautiful body, would you hold it against me? Is this the first time you heard that? Because it may be, it may be the first time I heard it. Oh no, I've heard that one before. It's it's a I classic it. aphorism.
1: I love it. But so did I first much. hear
2: it in this movie? I think so. It's it's wild, man. It, it's weird to see. It's just like Donnie Darko.
1: Dude, I also liked that re- that one scene when he's in the the as the janitor
0: mm-hmm.
1: getting the hot dogs thrown out yeah that's great nick go made a
2: whole video out of that idea <laughs> just i'll try a little reverse psychology I, I like getting hit by hot dogs and just hot dogs that makes me ask the question do you find that joe dirt is a stubborn man <coughs> i guess i mean like i don't know if he has any moral convictions or if he has any like convictions about self or anything like he's co wholly open to being degraded up until a certain point well i don't know if necessarily he's open to being degraded he
1: he i mean like he's got a really strong moral compass and he knows that some people aren't gonna like him but that doesn't Change the fact that he's still a cool dude,
2: you know? Uh-huh. He's stubbornly positive is what I was thinking. Yeah, that I guess that's a better description. It's like toxic positivity up until a certain point. I don't even think it's toxic positivity, man. Well, I, I don't know. Like in the actual situation of him meeting because of how the story is framed, it's good. Yeah. But like he actually met this guy called Kickin' Wing and taught him what real fireworks were. <laughs> <laughs> it's not about you It's about the consumer Yeah yeah so he taught this So he taught the red man about Fucking capitalism and saved him Like I don't know if that's Real <laughs> It's well, not it's a joke it's the whole movie's a joke Right well like like you pointed out It's his hero's
1: journey Right
2: mm. Yeah I didn't fully lay it out I meant to No
1: no it totally is Cause it's just like he sets out on this journey to find, like, e- even though he has like a loving and nurturing home, but it's right? how
2: he—it's how he frames it. He's like call to adventure. It's the meteorite, right? and yeah. then he finds stability and he stays in it for a while, mm-hmm. and then the call to adventure comes, in. he refuses the call to adventure for a moment. Then it, he gets back on the track, and he does his thing. Yeah, um, you know, darkest hour, all that shit. Mm-hmm. Return home, but he's. How do you feel about the framing of it? As him telling it through, like, the radio show.
1: I liked it. I liked it because it it gave us uh, a fun perspective story, you know? And it also made him, like, uh, the undis- undisputed
2: hero, right? And, like, it even shows the stuff that doesn't happen, you know? Like, when he says he's fucking his sister.
1: Yeah, like, he he's throwing stuff in, that and, and he's, like...
2: Streamlining what? everything, and he's a little dumb.
1: And when Xander brings up the fact, and he's like, Yeah, I was... Right, you were—you weren't listening to Bob Seger. You were listening to Leave Garrett. It probably looked more like this, and it had him as a kid dancing in different mm-hmm. clothes and stuff. Like, I, I like love that an
2: unreliable narrator.
1: It—it it plays with with the idea of what is the story, and like it allows other people to do it and change it and stuff like that. And, like, it really and, is
2: your story, and it is Inception. How so? Because it's a story within a story, man. I guess because eventually that narrative ends. And it also has a beginning point. So this is a princess bride is what you're telling me. Yeah, I'm telling you it could be anything, you know? And that's that's the joy of the farce, is that it, it, it's through this dummy's lens.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're
2: right. And I guess that makes the ending more believable and that I was like, ah, oh, this is a fantasy ending. It's all it's all a fantasy.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You know? It's fun. Do you think it's like Greece?
1: Like at the end they, they go off and
2: die? Uh, I th- I think that he whacked his head on that fucking bridge, and that was one grievous injury too many, and he finally died.
1: He got injured so many times in this movie.
2: What's the first grievous one that you noted? I noted him falling out of the hot air balloon as, as being like life threatening. <laughs> yes, that was be
1: okay. All right, wh- you said it. We got to talk about this balloon. It's not a hot air balloon. Is it filled with helium? There's no torch on it. It's just on top of
2: this dentist office. It's a basket attached to a balloon. I don't understand. Which is a molar. Yeah. Yeah. Like. Is it a sick whip?
1: Yeah. <laughs> a pilot moons him? Uh huh. When was the last time you watched a movie where a pilot mooned someone?
2: I've never seen that before. Exactly. Except for when I watched Showdirt. <laughs>
1: Yeah, so I don't know what was up with that fucking molar balloon. I wrote it in my notes. I have a little star next to it. It was just, I I liked it because it gave it a Wizard of Oz character, and it gave us the I Can See Down Your Shirt line, which I thought was hilarious as a boy.
2: And I love, like, the uh, fucking Amanda Show quality background on the hot air balloon shots. Oh, you know, when she's so doing Moody's good. Point. <laughs> Oh man! Think about Moody's point all the time,
1: dude. This this movie came out the day after my twelfth birthday.
2: Hell yeah! Yeah. Hell yeah! I was probably watching Tremors. This movie is an Aries. Joe Dirt is an Aries. Joe Dirt. Just call one two hundred Joe Dirt. One two hundred Joe Dirt. And you know what's gonna happen, Bobby's just gonna press delete. A girl might answer the phone. Her name's Brandy, she's cool. Just give her your info. It might be a message that Bobby will delete immediately. Oh
1: I like that Joe goes around telling everyone that you can't have no in your heart.
2: Oh, he tells people that? Yeah,
1: yeah, he tells Chicken Wing that.
2: Well, I've got no in my heart. You've got nothing but no in
1: your heart, mo man.
2: It's true. I don't I don't mean to be rude, but no.
1: I also wondered, okay, early in the film, you see Joe Dirt driving into work, right? After the first day of recording in the studio, you see Joe cleaning up, then going to the boiler room where he has a cot where he presumably lives, He's got
2: places all over.
1: Yeah, he mentions on the show that he has places all over, but we were wondering where was he driving from? He's got places all over, don't worry about it. (laughs) okay 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 yeah he was driving into work without a shirt on and uh he lived at in the boiler room i don't know it was just something that i tickled me i never realized it before like where's he know, maybe he's
2: going to get a sandwich or whatever yeah he's got a steady paycheck yeah he does uh, he- how long do you think he was working at that school before
1: i don't know
2: where, where, where were they
1: I would assume that this, this whole adventure takes place over a couple of years, right?
2: Mm-hmm. His adventure across the states.
1: Yeah, yeah, because he goes across the country because there cause it Should starts... Should we
2: just walk through the road trip?
1: Well, yeah, we start in... The forest. Well, the Grand Canyon. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we start in the Grand Canyon. And then uh, he eventually bops around to a bunch of different... Uh, locations
2: because you know. he's just like not even raised by wolves he raises himself
1: yeah he's going from foster care and to first, military school and then first he's
2: the kid from malcolm in the middle and yeah. then, and then he's himself yeah but he's like a there's, child
1: version of himself
2: there's no teenager
1: no there's no teenager it's just 30 some year old fucking david spade trying to be like a 19 year old <laughs> He looks exactly like him.
2: Like, oh, don't bully me. Oh, this this, this fucking thing came from outer space. Called to adventure. So he goes to wherever.
1: He goes to Silvertown, Idaho. That's where his, his house on a hill is.
2: And that's where he gets uh, his
1: meteorite appraised? Yes. Hell yeah. yeah. Yeah, and then later that night, he hangs out with Brandy. No, it, he has to be chilling in that town for a while because there was snow on the ground. When he went to Brandy's house, Mm. right? Mm -hmm. So it wasn't snowing when he arrives. We were at least there for a few months. Mm -hmm. And then he hung out with Brandy for like two years, three years, something like that. Mm -hmm. Enough to make them like best friends. And uh, then he left.
2: And I didn't know where he went next except for Mullertown.
1: I think he just started going.
2: And then he's at Muller World.
1: Yeah, well, because he, he would have to go back to the Grand Canyon first, right? Because that was the last place he saw his family. So I think he was just heading to Arizona then.
2: Okay, good for him. And then he gets a job there. Yeah. At Molar World. Yeah, at Molar World. And then immediately gets a ride out of there.
1: Yeah, he he get, obtains a Hemi and then... Uh, he gets told by his boss to go throw some cinder blocks in this molar that looks like a fucking
2: hot air balloon. Hot air balloon. It's
1: got a basket attached. And he
2: Wizard of Oz is all, all over the place. Well, he ends up in North Dakota. Yeah. And then he goes to the reservation.
1: Well, no, he ends up in North Dakota on the, what's it called? The oil
2: rig. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And then once he works the oil rig and fights Sabretooth.
2: <laughs> Good for him. He, not Lee Schreiber,
1: yeah, yeah. Taylor Maine, the wrestler, I think he's a wrestler. he's a he's a brick shit house. anyway, he slices, so he's fucking, yeah, this guy's a big boy. He's a big boy. Uh, then he finds kick and wing.
2: yeah. then he goes to the reservation finds kick and wing. yeah.
1: like I feel like that was like <coughs> and
2: then he has his second adventure with a poop themed object.
1: but like this is bing bang boom over like the course of two weeks.
2: And it happens quickly in on screen time as well.
1: Oh, yeah. It doesn't stop moving. So it's like, I feel like this movie takes place over the course of, like, or like the story itself, I guess, over the course of, like, five years.
0: Hmm.
2: Or I would say less time. Less time? But I guess it doesn't matter. No, it doesn't. I think it's outside of space and time.
1: Yeah, what if it happened, like...
2: Bing, bang, boom. Yeah, like... Well, I mean, like, all that needed to happen to, like, kick the story into high gear was... Someone needed to ask Brandy to marry them. Like it could have been anyone. It could have yeah. been me. It could have been you. Instead, it was Bobby. He was like, "Hey, will you marry me?" And she's like, "Uh, what happens now that Joe Dirt ain't around?" Yeah. What's she... my? I'm gonna. I just need to do anything. To get away from my daddy. He he shot my dog.
1: Why do you think that that was her justification for not wanting Joe to leave? Was like, what if somebody comes and asks me to marry them? Like, why couldn't she just say no if she wanted to marry Joe Dirt? That that's the central question. Is that because the central she has question? no
2: agency? That's my central question. She has no agency. That's why.
1: Oh, I think Brandy has agency.
2: What does she choose to do?
1: She chooses to buy Joe Dirt ice cream from Dairy Queen, and she chooses not to buy Bobby ice cream.
2: Why can't Bobby buy his own ice cream? I don't know. I don't got enough money for me and Joe. Yeah, why?
1: Well, I, I I agree. Why didn't Bobby just like? Hey,
2: can will buy us all ice cream? I'll buy Joe fucking ice cream. Yeah,
1: can we go get ice cream with you? Can we do Or do we, you
2: want to get ice cream separately on a different day?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Not not even considering it.
2: You know what? I think Bobby has less agency than than she does.
1: Yeah? <laughs> Bobby's just a dick. I think Bobby's like a one note pony.
2: Like mm. uh Brandy did find Joderitz's parents.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And she chose to uh cover it up.
2: Cover it up. Lie to him. Does she have any lady friends?
1: Brandy? Mm -hmm. I don't know if Brandy has any friends. She's not depicted on on the screen. She has a horse. She does have a horse. Okay. Uh, Speaking of Brandy and her friends that are not on the screen does this film pass the bechdel test josh
2: it does not does it
1: i don't think it does
2: you seem to be better about uh, catching the small interactions like i'll notice a scene of course
1: we had some ladies talking to each other like while we were on the radio you yeah know? but
2: they weren't named
1: nothing. that's what i was exactly gonna say
2: And they were only talking about Joe Dirt anyways.
1: Exactly what I was going to say. I said we did have some ladies talking to each other, but it didn't meet the standard of talking about something other than a man by two named women characters.
2: Yes, this doesn't pass any version of the Bechdel test.
1: Correct. Um, No feminisms
2: in this movie. I I think... uh, Even the one strong lady character, the gator lady, she ended up getting with the next single man she saw.
1: Yeah. Yeah, but that I don't think that's any like negative marks against feminism. Maybe she just I fell in love with him. Boy, he's Christopher Walken. Well, yeah, how could you not how fall in love? How could you not
2: fall in love with that man?
1: Yeah, how could you not?
2: What were they doing with him? Like, I mean, it's my favorite subplot just because he's <laughs> so weird. Fun? Like, Okay, the only fighting I observed in the movie was him fighting the fire extinguisher.
0: <laughs>
1: Did you miss the whole thing about how Taylor Maine? Flipped Joe Dirt uh, over on a fucking uh, oil rig.
2: Yeah, you're right. That was fighting. It was a big old fight. Oh, man, I, but Joe didn't fight. He just got his butt kicked. He. And I, I lay- guess the fire extinguisher didn't fight either. Oh, <laughs> it was like, why don't you go
1: over there and practice spitting
2: out teeth? <laughs> Spit
1: <Spitting> out teeth. <laughs> <laughs> you done with that apple core? <laughs> I'm done with that
2: fart. If you want some of that. <laughs>
0: So <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> it's so funny. It's so funny because it's so stupid. I love it so much.
2: <laughs> okay. Um, back on the road. Uh, after the reservation, he goes to Buffalo Bob and then to New Orleans. Then he works at the Gator Farm. And then he goes to his real home, which is all condemned and shit.
0: Mm-hmm. And Then he goes to
2: his actual home back with Brandy because home is where you make it. Yeah. Then he goes to L.A. and then he goes back home correct that's the road trip yes that's the entire road trip yeah it's it, a long
1: one it's it's a country spanning road trip
2: it's a road trip movie yeah uh but with regard to like the framing device of the uh of the radio dj talking to him isn't that just like didn't they just predict podcasting
1: i guess well that's what podcasting is it's just long-form
2: radio that you can listen to whenever you want exactly i understand but they were treating it like event television which is great
1: well i mean sometimes that's what radio used to be and like if you got someone who's interesting and in a situation like that i feel like talk radio could be a perfect medium for someone who you know is
2: cool Maybe Joe Dirt 3 is a podcast instead of being a movie.
1: You think Joe Dirt 3 is a podcast? Why? What would make you feel that way?
2: Because Joe Dirt is like a commentary on the the road movie and like a glorification of uh, white trash culture, which is like the start of uh, reality TV and shit. Yeah. Now, the storytelling medium is golden age television, which we can't afford, or... Podcasts. Podcasts are free. Yeah, they are. Hi, I'm Joe Deerte. (laughs) The second.
1: I like that every time he brings up the fact that his name is Joe Dirt, but sometimes he throws an E on the end and pronounces it Joe Deerte, he then tells us that it sounds cooler and everyone says, no, it doesn't.
2: I think it does. That's why in my notes it says Joe Dyrte. That's why this episode, if you look at the screen, is called Joe Dyrte.
1: <laughs> I'm not saying it isn't funny. I'm saying that every character in the movie tells him it's not funny
2: immediately after he tells them that it makes it cooler. This guy is way cooler than uh, most other like uh, masculine icons of the era, though. Because yeah. he's soft masculine Oh yeah That's the thing that makes him so swayzy When it really comes down to it
1: Is this queer? Is this queer? They're large <laughs> and in charge And looking for chickies
2: Yep That's Yep that's positive masculinity If I've ever heard of it Is this queer?
1: There's <laughs> <laughs> the other one It's like Oh he's like I got two microphones right here Chick chick One two Yep they're both working And they don't like feedback <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. Stupid. <laughs> Every time he does something
2: like that, he gets immediately pushed over.
1: <laughs>
2: uh, should we talk about the various weapons that appear in this movie? Uh, yes, Josh. Okay, uh, hit me with them. Do you think the atom bomb counts as a weapon? the 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 the, the recreational home septic tank. Uh huh.
1: Yes, let's call that a weapon.
2: All right, and I think the only other weapon I noticed was. Killer mustard gas. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, there's Clem's threat of a, a soldering iron. There was a the memory whole of a soldering iron. A whole mob shooting him up. So there was a bunch of weapons there.
2: Oh, God, stupid stupid scene.
1: Um what
2: else happened? How did he avoid getting killed by all of them? I've got no idea. in uh, a gator. Which but, is yeah. a, a, a it's a bioweapon.
1: A bioweapon. But, there you
2: uh, go. No knives.
1: No knives. He uh, he did have a bunch of Pam.
2: Oh, Pam. Yeah, this movie must have been sponsored, right?
1: Yeah, it had to have been. He was like showcasing that Pam. He, he mentions it in the beginning of the film when Charlie's balls are <laughs> frozen to the deck. And he also has a can of it tucked into his jumpsuit while he's working at a carnival talking up Jamie Presley. Mm-hmm. I uh I thought it was funny because he was just being very open with the fact that he's sitting there spraying nonstick spray on all of these cups that people are trying to throw quarters on for a carnival game and mm-hmm. just like he's clearly rigging it and it's that's just it's so it's the best.
2: I love it. I love when he's a carny. Uh, that is the most like raw sexual energy that he has. Most of the nudity in this movie is focused on David Spade's body mostly hairless body what do you think about that i i think that's
1: the 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 joke of it though because like david spade (laughs) he's like a scrawny white boy he's a scrawny white guy and he's got like patchy hair all over his body Like that's the joke like because his facial hair is patchy and his chest hair is patchy and, and like it's just it's all of it's just it's all growing in weird and he's just like cat- every
2: time the fucking uh the ferris wheel uh carts go by he's in a different pose he's smoking a oh, cigarette so
1: fucking funny i
0: love it
2: <laughs> isn't it weird to be like a regular shaped guy with patchy hair
1: isn't that so weird Tim. i don't know anything about that <laughs> <laughs>
2: Okay, uh, there's various romances throughout the film.
1: There are. There are. Did you have a favorite, Josh?
2: Well, I think it's important to list what I considered romances, and let me know if you thought of any other ones. Okay. Uh, Joe and Kickin' Wing. Is that like a bromance? I'd say that's a bromance. Joe and Sister. (laughs) Okay. Clem and Wife. Okay. Joe and Gator Lady. Gert and Gator Lady.
1: I don't think Joe and Gator Lady... It was a romantic relationship. They were a friend relationship.
2: Well, she was coming on to him really hard. I don't think so. Oh, you don't think so? She was just, like, being herself. She was just being a cool dude. Okay, well, never mind. We'll X that one. Okay, but did you have any other ones in mind? Oh, Uh,
1: and Joe and Brandy. Joe and Brandy. What about Joe and Bobby? Yeah, um, I like that relationship. The tension.
2: Yeah, you, you like that
1: bully tension.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm just gonna. Next thing you know, I'm gonna r- run your car over, and then I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna fuck your ass. I'm <laughs> gonna oh, fuck your ass. Yeah. Didn't you, say that. Nope. That's a fun line, though. Your ass, my face. <laughs> my face and your, your ass. ass.
0: <laughs> What's rule number three?
2: Uh, yeah, I think that none of these romances were particularly engaging to me. I was no. thinking very much of Forrest Gump when I was thinking of Joe and Brandy. Yeah? 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 Why is that? She just has no idea what's going on. She's like throwing herself at him. Do you think that? I, I feel like if we
1: were going to be comparing Forrest Gump and Jenny to Brandy and Joe Dirt, I'd feel like Joe Dirt and Brandy's a little bit fucking cooler.
2: It's cooler, that's for sure. She got him that sick haircut and everything. Not just that sick haircut, but like... The dog that's named after the first one. She got his hemi back.
1: Jenny kind of like takes advantage of uh, Forrest a little bit.
2: Yeah, because he's like a veteran.
1: Not just because he's a veteran, but like... uh, When they're in the college, right... When she takes her top off, and she, he says the line, like, they didn't teach us about that in home economics, you know. Um,
2: we should have had sex ed, maybe that's what he was referencing.
1: Yeah, maybe I don't know. I, it just, he was visibly uncomfortable, and I know that. Jenny's, but who doesn't like boobies? I'm not, you know, that's fine. Yep, it's a good point. Yeah. Boobies are fucking cool, but like he was uncomfortable, and I'm happy that it didn't go any further than that. But it just like that was kind of mm,
2: she's like grooming him,
1: like the 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 trend in their relationship. Like Jenny would 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 push the boundaries and then immediately leave. And then when they got back together... Oh, like, just at the end of the movie. Then they got back together, and then she'd push the boundaries more, and then she'd immediately leave. It's
2: it's just like the end of the movie where she's like, this is your kid anyways, now I'm going to die.
1: That's exactly what happened,
2: yes. (laughs) That is what happens in the movie, right?
1: Well, yeah, she... She
2: offloads her kid onto Forrest Gump, who's like a
1: nice guy, and then she dies. she, She tells Forrest about their son, and then... Then she tells him that she also has this disease that no one really knows what anything about it, and she will die.
2: No one knows anything about this disease because they say that only gay people have it. And Forrest, I'm not gay, yeah. so I don't understand what's going on. And so, if I don't understand what's going on, you'll never understand what's going on. So then Forrest offers to take her in. You believe that that's his child, though. That's what I'm saying. I don't necessarily believe it. I don't know. I don't have any reason to disbelieve it. Well, just because that lady was manipulating Forrest from the beginning, as you said. So why would she do anything different before she dies? I don't know, man. I don't like Forrest Gump.
1: I'm not, I'm
2: not fighting you, man. That's quite all right if you don't like it. This is a much better version of Forrest Gump. <clears throat> because yeah. Because he doesn't, like, J- Joe Dirt doesn't take credit for inventing rock music or anything.
1: He didn't take credit for... you. Do you just have a problem with Robert Zemeckis? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, bold claim. If if you had to fight Robert Zemeckis. Uh
2: kick yeah. him.
1: Okay. You get one weapon, but the weapon is from one of his movies.
2: Oh god, that's not fair.
1: What weapon do you pick?
2: Now I don't know because I, I don't know what movies he makes. Roger Rabbit. Well then that, that could be the future thing. Death becomes her. I would I would kick him with a knife boot. <laughs> I know that's not a fair answer, but that's 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 the answer I would choose if I wasn't limited by his f- films, which I have limited knowledge upon.
1: You wouldn't you wouldn't like hit him with a with a, a time machine?
2: Uh, yeah, just but like it would be a car. Yeah. You, you the time
1: machine back to the future is a car.
2: I know, but like I wouldn't need it to travel through time. It could just be like a, like a car. Oh, you just you just hit him with a car. <laughs> yeah. Oh, just a, a regular car. Oh, do you think I should like hit him with a car when he's a baby? <laughs> <laughs> in the future? No, in the past. <laughs> you fool! <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. Okay, now we're talking. Thank you for opening my eyes. Yes, if I had. To kill Robert Zemeckis with a with a weapon from one of his movies, I would kill him as a baby with a DeLorean that travels through time. But then that would create a time paradox. But would you also be listening to Johnny Be Good and being like, "Hey, Marvin Barry, Marvin, <laughs> it's your cousin Josh Barry. <laughs> you know that new time machine you've been looking for? Oh, I'm about to stop existing." <laughs> You call Marvin, then Marvin calls Chuck. Hey Marvin! Hey Marvin, you know that new sound you've been looking for to give to your cousin? Oh god. Yep. Uh what about
1: you? I forgot what we were talking about. I was having so much fun with this Marvin Barry situation. I think if you had to kill Robert, Zemeckis, to kill with Robert
2: Zemeckis with a, a, a weapon from one of his movies or an item.
1: I I would kill Robert Zemeckis with all of the Dr Pepper bottles that Forrest Gump drinks when he meets John F Kennedy.
2: Oh yeah, and all those fucking ping pong balls. Yeah. Bong, 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 bong. He
1: must have drank fifteen Dr
2: Peppers. He had to pee something fierce. <laughs> he had to pee so bad in that movie, like Tom Hanks always has to pee in his movie, and that is why everyone thinks he's a child molester. I think. Do you think he write like that's part of his writer? Yeah I do think so Like he's like I get to pee in this movie It's my thing Or maybe like Is uh, that his kink? Maybe yeah Or maybe he gets a bonus If he doesn't have to pee In the movie
1: Oh Like hey You guys could have me Not
2: pee But it's gonna cost you Yeah but if you have me pee I'll give you You know I know you're cool And then we can We can move forward from there With a pay cut
1: yeah, like Tom Cruise Why don't you has go ahead to and run get that
2: to uh, like a bunch of people of color. Marky
1: Mark has to do something with physical fitness. Tom Hanks has to pee.
2: Brad Pitt has to snack.
1: Yeah, it's just like that's the way the cookie crumbles. And like
2: in Brad Pitt's mouth.
1: Hollywood fucking plays ball. Yeah. They're like these are leading men. They can get us lots of money. We better do what they want. We must and that's the story of Hollywood. Josh,
2: Hollywood. tell me about some sick whips. Okay, we've got. Uh, I was calling it the FrankenHemi because I was thinking that thing still had a, a big old engine on it, but must not a. That
1: that the fifty dollars car that he had. Yeah, well, I don't know what it was. It was with a the big old card. spoiler on it. Mm, love that thing. I like that the. The tires were different sizes, so
2: it was, like, race-ready. Oh, I didn't, oh, yeah. Yeah, it
1: was lifted in the back.
2: Hell, yeah. That's yeah, how you I fucking want it. loved it. Uh, then he's got the orange Hemi. Yeah. That's his dream car that he gets from an old lady who just mm-hmm. gives it to him, basically. No, yeah. no, no, she had just killed her husband. She threw him in a wood chipper. She fargoed her husband <laughs> and needed to offload the car, so she <laughs> yeah. gave it to him for whatever he had in his pockets. Yeah, And then he got carried away, and it got towed.
1: Yeah. I liked and it
2: took that more to get it back than he paid for the whole damn car. Yeah. I liked that uh hot air balloon. Uh now all Kevin Neilan's are on the ta- table. We love this guy. He's the best. You got to love a Saturday night live guy.
1: Dude, um I thought there'd be a few more Saturday night live guys in here, you know?
2: Uh-huh. Was the had- ladies Saturday night live guys.
1: Yeah, we didn't have very many. We just had uh Dennis Miller and uh Kevin Nealon. Right? Oh, that was it. That's all I remember.
2: Yeah, I guess you're probably right. I mean, I don't, I don't know much about Saturday Night Live. Kevin Nealon's so funny though.
1: Yeah, I thought he was very funny. He was a little bit part as a as a junkyard man.
2: And he gives Joe that fifty dollar car. Yeah. Good for him.
1: Yeah. Good on you, man.
2: Uh, let's see. After that, we had after the orange Hemi, we had the Molar. <laughs> I liked that one. Um, the they were talking about the Rambler wagon.
1: Yeah, that was the 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 station wagon they took to the Grand Canyon. And be- per- sounds like a pretty sick whip. It sounds like a great time, and there was like what seventy eight people in Louisiana that bought them. dealership hot Like that, and like
2: no, from the manufacturer. I, oh. I believe he was accessing those records, unless that was the only dealership in Louisiana. But I know that's not true. I work for two dealerships in Louisiana.
1: Well, he, the reason he said that he was even giving that information, so it may have been actual... It's like, the
2: Buffalo Bill situation. Exactly. Buffalo Bob.
1: Yeah. So, like, it could have actually been exactly what you were saying, like, legitimate records from, like, GM or whatever it was, you know?
2: Mm-hmm. I don't know who makes Rambler wagons. I don't know either. It strikes me as a Jeep model, but... Who's to say? Who is to say... Um. Yeah. Let's see. Was there another one? There was the monster truck. The monster truck. Yeah, at the end when he's at the monster truck rally.
1: Oh, that monster truck was so cool.
2: And he was so excited to be there. So happy <laughs> he's to be on there. The
1: big old jumbotron.
2: Uh, so that's a bonus point.
1: Yeah. 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 I loved
2: it. No bonus points for knives. No bonus points for. Dancing, there was that small. What are you talking about?
1: There was totally some dancing, and it involved a dog,
2: also. Okay, so dancing with the dog, you think that counts?
1: It was dancing with Charlie and Brandy. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm. That's that's all I had. And noticed. he was
1: slow motion dancing on the fucking Tilta World too.
2: Uh oh yeah, he was doing like it, it a was sexy like, tease. Yeah, it was just only he like, was already stripped.
1: Yeah, I mean like so it was like a
2: a peep show, a peep show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was doing like a peep show. That's cool. Uh, okay. Well, I'll give it bonus points for dancing, but we have no points for gymnastics. This man was not an athletic man. Uh, no, he did lots of falling. Yep. He lots. was very reckless, especially with that gator. Yeah. I've
1: I, I watched a lot of Patrick Swayze movies. I don't know if you knew that, but I don't think Patrick Swayze's ever stuck his head in a gator's mouth.
2: I don't think he would do that.
1: Yeah, I don't think so either, but I've never seen him do it, so I'm just tell me saying. this is
2: like an animatronic gator.
1: I don't believe in that. An animatronic gator? A gator bot. I hardly animatronic know her. <laughs> an anima an gator. Uh um uh a robocroc. A uh uh a bot croc. A croc bot! A croc bot! Oh there we go.
2: Okay, I believe the romance with Brandy on the bridge. Okay. But afterwards, it's a fantasy, right? I don't know. Like, everything else is just, like, so
1: nonsensical. The romance on the bridge, I feel like, was, was the was the most believable, yes. Yes.
2: Nothing else even seems like it happened, because everything else was through his memory and his unreliable narration. Well, and except- then afterwards, he's dead. <laughs> Okay. Welcome home, Joe Dirt. Do you says think the
1: radio? Do you think the uh, all right? When we're talking about Brandy on the bridge, are we talking about with the ice cream or before the bungee jump? Before the bungee jump. I thought you were talking about with the ice cream when they were just being cute, and she was like, "Well, Joe, you don't have
2: to leave to find your family. We're right here, you know." Yeah. Oh, she knew that the real Joe Dirt was the friends you made along the way, and home yeah. is where you make it. Yeah. She knew all along. Yeah. She was trying to tell him. How could he know? He was but a wee babe. Yeah, and I mean, like,
1: at that point, he had to go out and learn it himself, so I get it. And I'm happy that Brandy let him, like, explore that. Like, it was big of her to, you know, love something and let it go. Yeah, absolutely, but, like, what is it to let Joe Dirt go? What is it to let Joe Dirt
2: go? All those people on the radio seem to think he was great and wonderful, but that's because they couldn't see him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
1: I guess they described him in quite quite
2: epic detail. Yeah, but it could also just be a story and all that. You know, it could all be an act. Yeah, but they love him because he's authentic, not because he's hot. You know, women love a man who can bear his emotions. Yeah, yeah, it's good to be well adjusted, and Joe Dirt is somehow miraculously well adjusted.
1: I I liked all of his catchphrases, Van. And, like, that they wouldn't, like, put them on all those magazines. Life's a Garden. Dig it. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And it was just... I never say that. That's a stupid one. i
1: It's one of my least favorite ones, to be completely honest with you.
2: Uh, they
1: they they seemed to like it, though, at the studio. They made it one of the taglines. Would you like to know the other six? There's six
2: taglines?
1: There are six fucking taglines. The Tale
2: of Dirty Joe. No. No, the okay. Why so, was the radio host so rude? I don't know. I think he was trying to go for. Uh, well, he's like I, a shock jock.
1: Well, it was Dennis Miller, first of all. Oh, um, but I think he was yes going for a morning shock jock, and like they're all kind of dick bags a little bit, you know. Mm,
2: welcome to the morning zoo. We're here with Dirty Joe, Zander. When was the last time you got a boner? Boom
1: boom. Poof. You know, When's like that last kind of time stuff. you seen a dead guy's boner. Yeah, you know, so that's what that bullshit is. And dude, like,
2: is that how we should start out our show? Morning Zoo?
1: I don't know. Do you want to do that? Would that make you feel better? Do you want to try it, like, right now?
0: There's Swayze adjacent. He couldn't be.
2: Hey, welcome back to Queen's Swayze. We're here to just talk about these Patrick Swayze movies, and this time we're talking about Joe Dirt. That doesn't have Patrick Swayze in it. Tell us why, Vince. Because of boats!
0: Ah
2: oh, sometimes it's just a fart, right? I mean, you know, what's funnier than a fart? Oh yeah.
1: I think we killed it. I think we should put the theme song in too. <laughs> um we had some horses in this.
0: We
2: yes, she's a horse girl. Just yeah. the one horse.
1: I know. I just think we should bring it up because like they they had a horse in this
2: movie. I liked it. You liked the horse? Yeah, I thought it was a cool thing. Whatever, it satisfies the box that we need to tick. And that pleases me. I like ticking boxes.
1: I like that she rode into here I go again.
2: On my own. Yeah. I, I want a horse. Well, yeah. How can you act like you're alone when you're on a horse?
1: Here I go again on my horse. <clears throat> on the only horse I've ever horse.
2: She only has the one horse.
1: Do <clears throat> like a
2: drifter. I will always ride my horse. Just like that.
0: Mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I guess we talked about all of it except for the class stuff. Tell me about the class stuff. Everybody in this movie's
1: poor. Everyone is poor except for Carson Daly.
2: Uh in that uh, lady who lets the dog hump his leg when he's a little kid? Yeah, I didn't like that woman. That woman was uh <laughs> freaky deaky. I thought she might be an SNL person as well, but not I, in the I cool don't know. Way. Yeah, not not like a not like a freaky little boy.
1: No, that lady gave me the uh, she, I think she, I think she, I, hold on. I I I am almost positive it's the woman who is the choreographer in um Dropdite Gorgeous. The choreographer. The choreographer.
2: Oh, we'll watch that soon enough.
1: Uh she was in Ground it's Angela Patton or Patton. She was in Groundhog's Day, uh, American Wedding, Flatliners, Lolita, There's a Beavis and Butthead.
2: Talked about Flatliners and Groundhog yesterday.
1: Well, those are great, great things. She was in home improvement, you know, just a whole slew of things, but not in the thing that I thought she was in.
2: The only thing I have next to class stuff because the whole movie's a class stuff movie about how about white trash, right? yeah, uh is is this where you want to be when Jesus comes back? I think that that was good. I, I don't know if that's a class thing, but it felt like it to me. I I think
1: that that's an American thing. I think that's an American guilt trip. Hey, you know what?
2: This is where I want to be when Jesus comes back. Jesus, our friend, the hologram Jesus, comes in through the door, and he's like, hey, what's up, guys? And we're like, hey, just doing the podcast. Hologram Jesus, how you doing?
1: Yeah, of course. And then hologram Jesus would be like, hey, I uh, ordered you a prostitute
2: sex worker because i love sex workers
1: to uh come over and fulfill you in ways i couldn't fulfill you and because so i then, am
2: an ai based on kanye's brain yes
1: yeah, so then jesus then maps
2: maps himself
1: to the the sex worker and then the sex worker sits down with us and we play a game of monopoly because jesus couldn't move his pieces and you know all that kind of stuff
2: yeah, then he can, like, roll joints for us and stuff.
1: Dude, that'd be so fucking sick. Wouldn't
2: that be, like, a weird, uh, like, uh, dissociation of labor where, uh, where the, the sex worker's body is being used for us to make Jesus do stuff for us? I guess. Our friend Jesus. He's our friend. He would do it because he loves us, and the AI that's based on Kanye's brain would, would help us. Yeah.
1: Well, I think if we also were hanging out with a sex worker... Uh With Jesus mapped onto them, when Jesus decided to not map onto them, we'd probably be like, "Hey Chuck, do you want to just keep hanging out?" And you know, I would hope that Chuck would have had a cool, chilled time with us. That Chuck would have keep wanting to hang out with us, and then Jesus could just be like the fourth member of our crew then, instead of having to map onto Chuck.
2: Wow, dude, this is hell yeah. You know, mm-hmm.
1: we could we could utilize Jesus. To lure boys <laughs> into our house to play Monopoly, what the with. fuck?
0: <laughs> that's
2: not the logical endpoint of that idea. I think it was pretty logical that that's
1: where I was going with it. That's the only way we could go with it. Yeah, yeah. Use Jesus to lure boys to play games. Monopoly. Monopoly specifically.
2: That's that's odd. And, I, and that's it, even it sounds further, like a military tactic. And it's also like an even further extrapolation of the disconnection from the the person to the labor. Because <laughs> now we're playing Monopoly, the game? It's, it's, it's inception. It's too many <laughs> levels.
0: I... I started talking about taglines, and we beelined to something else, man. I've got six taglines
1: I
2: want to talk about, man. Okay, because I gave you one, and then we just went from there.
1: Yeah, so (laughs) Life's a Garden, Dig It was actually the seventh one,
2: all right? Uh, Yeah, because it's the seventh day.
1: Yeah, so the sixth one. Join the porta potty.
2: What? Yeah, join the porta potty. Oh, that acknowledges it's a road trip movie. Yeah. That has two subplots about shit. Yeah, where's the third shit subplot that makes it funny? I don't know. I think that that's a missed opportunity, don't you? Like, I think Clem should have been dead and shat his pants. (laughs) (laughs) That's my suggestion. All right, all right, all right. So, or maybe Bobby shits his
1: pants, dude. All right, I'm thinking. I'm thinking at the end of Saw Three, right? That guy is like, (laughs) he's like, he's he's strung up, right? Those ice blocks are like about to come down and smash on his head. This is what happens at the end of Saw 3, right? Have you
2: seen them all? No, I've only seen four of them, I think. The first four? I'm not sure. Wouldn't it be odd if you saw, like, two, four? Oh, no, I mean, two, three, six. Well,
1: the first one had Carrie Hughes in it. Mm-hmm. I remember that the one. Princess Bride himself. Yeah. The second one had a team, and that had the boxes with the razor blades they had to stick their hands into to get the keys out. Mm-hmm. The sure third the one... Pit. Yeah, and the needle pit. And the third one had the guy... And it was all out of order in time. To to do the maze, right? And he had to go and try and get the naked lady that was in the freezer that was getting misted that she had... Oh, did she got? froze? I don't remember Saw three that much. It must have been really good and fucked me up. Well, at the end of it, there's a guy at a crucified, you know, situation, right? And they say you have to... Figure this, you have to burn your your son's toys or whatever bullshit. It's whatever the task is, right? And, oh, shit. And he doesn't do it fast enough or he does it in time. And it doesn't fucking matter, though, because the ice blocks come and smash the dude's head, decapitating him. Right? Are
2: you telling me the taskmaster is just low-stakes saw? Yes. Yes. What the fuck? What I'm, you. I'm
1: I, I wish that in that scene when they smash the guy's head, that he would have just shit everywhere because that would have been the
0: fucking funniest <laughs> thing in the whole world. I would have
2: watched every fucking Saw movie after that if they would have been showing pooping. Well, didn't you... Wait, at the end of the third movie, Jigsaw dies. He, he died in the first movie, I thought. Oh, I don't think that's true.
1: Oh, no, he got up and walked out. I
2: don't, I, dude, I don't know anything about the Saw movies. I'm at a grocery. I'm pretty guy. sure that at the end of the third one, Jigsaw dies. And then the fourth one is like happens in like a vacuum. It seems like, and then in the fifth one, it's like his au- no. The fourth one is like his autopsy. I don't know. It's really weird. It would make sense to give up on the third after the third one, is what I'm saying.
1: I say I don't like gross movies, but I think one of the first movies we watched together that wasn't Patrick Swayze was The Green Inferno.
2: Yeah, well, we should watch uh, Saw Seven. That's a really good installment in the series.
1: I don't. I haven't seen half of them. I don't, you don't know.
2: You need to. Should we watch that new one with Chris Rock? Oh yes, absolutely. I haven't seen that one. Okay,
1: we can watch that. I haven't that one. seen the one
2: called Jigsaw either.
1: The fifth tagline <laughs> was his name's not Mud, but it's close.
2: Mud. Isn't that a movie?
1: Yeah. With Matthew McConaughey.
2: Uh y'all like Mud.
1: Uh number four was He Came, He Cleaned, He Conquered.
2: Oh, is that like about him nutting?
1: I think so. Number three was trailer trash wig wear and acid wash jean love
2: and rock concert t shirt sporting hero. All right, a plus. I'd say that's the best one. Remember when I said that one was too long when we were yeah. talking about tremors? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a good one.
1: Number two is keep mopping in the free world. I like that one. And number one, dig it. I think he
2: should have had to do more manual labor throughout the course of the movie. Out of those seven taglines, Josh, what do you think is your favorite? M- mop it no no i like the one that's long that i couldn't possibly say the trailer acid. trash
1: wig wet wa- w- the trailer trash wig wearing acid wash jean loving rock concert t-shirt wearing sport hero sportin sportin hero Sporting, sporting.
2: this is sporta i don't think sporting is necessary uh hit me with one of the other ones with the porta potty join the porta party Oh, it says party? Party. I'm
1: sorry, did I not enunciate that? I thought you said potty. My my mistake. It's party. P-A-R-T-Y. Yeah, like join, party on. Yeah, that's
2: the best one. Uh, yeah. join the porta
1: party. Porta party. Party. Porta party. You just can't say join it. Join the porta potty. Fuck. Join the porta party. Join the porter party. Join. <clears throat> join the porter party. Porta party.
2: There you go. This week on Porta Party, I'll just copy and paste that every time you tried to say Porta Party before.
1: Porta Party,
2: yeah, Porta Party, Porta Party. I've got to very like quickly enunciate it to get it. That's the best one. Uh, it's hard to say. It acknowledges that it's a road trip and it is a party. Now, Josh, we've answered lots of questions, and I want. I want to to see what you feel. Josh,
1: I'd like I'd like to see how this ranks on the Josh scale. Hmm.
2: It's hard to say, man. It's like it's seminal. It's in my heart. Yeah,
1: yeah. Where where the last one was steeped in nostalgia for me. Do you feel this is the this, the case for you and this one?
2: Yeah, but he never once parks his car on his lawn. That's like the most white trash thing I can think of doing.
0: Mm. He barely even has...
2: he doesn't even have a lawn. Yeah. He barely has a car. Yeah. Um so let's say, on the Josh scale, I'm going to give this, given everything about it, a three and a half out of five stars. Yeah? Yep, it's got strong nostalgia, it's very problematic, but goddammit it, is it funny. Dude, I am actually
1: right there with you.
2: Yeah, I mean, like, I wish I could say it's a perfect movie or something. Honestly, it, it may edge up to a 4.0 just because of the solid hero structure. But I, you know what? I think that's worked in the 3.5. It can't be better than it is. If it was less homophobic, if it was a podcast, if uh, the women had more agency, which is strange because it's a female director, um, you know, it could be better. Mm-hmm. But given what we're, we're, we're working with uh, in the year that this was released, I think it's about as good as it could be.
1: Yeah, I thought it was real fun. I I think the the soundtrack was great. I thought that it, Bobby's a villain as a fuck. Yeah, yeah, like he really primed me for hating him in real life. I liked how quickly everything flowed, and it, it didn't give you time to uh, want to smoke a cigarette. Yeah, you didn't. You didn't get bored. It was nice.
2: There's no boredom. Uh, there's, like, a bunch of different stories woven throughout it. And if you don't like one, don't worry about it. The next one's coming right along.
1: Yeah, I liked how quick the jokes came also.
2: Yeah, yeah, and he does, like, a lot of commentary, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, where he's just like, eh. And then the chorus yells something out, and he yells back at him. Mm-hmm. But how do you think it ranks on the Swayze scale? Swayze scale. Vince? Oh, the Swayze scale it checked a lot of boxes. Can you think of anything it might be missing? I think he covered it all, man. I mean, uh, like I said, I don't think there's any gymnastics in this movie. This man is not an athletic man.
1: No, no, and like we, I, I did say there was dancing, but it was minimal dancing. I will, I, note I'm okay
2: that. with giving it a bonus point, but that that is in addition to the nine out of ten on the Swayze scale, Swayze scale. that we already have. Yeah. Uh, we check checked the boxes of horses and road trips and gender politics. Now, it doesn't get any bonus points for feminism, which are the only bonus points that we give out in that section. Yeah. Um, if anything, it gets negative bonus point there because of the, the –
1: Negative bonus points. Negative
2: bonus points. (laughs) You owe us points, Joe Dirt. You know, it's like when you do extra credit for school and they're like, man, you didn't even try. And this is actually a mockery of the system of education and the idea of bonus credit. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, because of how homophobic it was. Um, So negative points on the gender spectrum, the gender politics spectrum. But uh, Joe Dirt is... With all his faults, he's a he's a positive specimen of white trash masculinity, in, in my opinion. Yeah? Uh-huh. Um, romance. I'm not sure that the romance angle is that big, but it is a central part of the Joe Dirt story. Correct. The but, romance between Brandy and Joe and Clem and, and, and his dead wife.
1: Yeah, I think that the Brandy and Joe, you know, romance, though, isn't necessarily...
2: It's like, not like sexy. It's like a lived-in, yeah. comfortable thing that they have together. Yeah, they have a relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, whereas he's kind of sexy when he's seducing his sister. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so romance, I think we can check that box. Dad stuff, clearly it's da- it's Dad Stuff the movie. Yeah, that's all it is, Dad Stuff. So this movie couldn't exist without our beloved Fred Ward. He, I think he was great. Rad or bad? I think that he was a bad dad. Bad dad. Yeah. <laughs> Um, only bad dads in this movie Because there's the other dad as well Brandy's dad
0: Yep, Who shoots her dog
2: too. and blames yep. him for his leg
1: Alright <laughs> Alright how long was he Was that all in the, one afternoon
2: Yeah I think so he got a full amputation
1: Yeah and then took a Police car ride home Where they really dropped him
2: off With a gun With his gun that he brought with him Yeah dude. Rad or bad Bad Yeah <laughs> <laughs> Like, I got him in his car, he had a beer can, a koozie. Uh, He's like, I gotta take this dog and go go hunting. At least he didn't fucking Dick Cheney the dog. Yeah. He shot the dog on purpose, he yelled, "Yelled the dog. <laughs> hey, I was just thinking about it, right? If the production
1: company is called Happy Madison, uh huh, Happy Gilmore and Billy Madison could not be under the umbrella of Happy Madison. Because they didn't know that Happy Gilmore was going to be as popular as it was.
2: But was it a Happy Madison production? They can't. They can't. This was this movie we watched today, Joe Dirt. I understand, was. but like somebody else produced this thing.
1: Happy not
2: Gilmore thing- and Billy or Billy Madison. Yeah, they were both yes. not produced by Happy Madison.
1: Correct. Oh, okay, well, who they, they made that?
2: Uh, uh, other
1: production companies, but yeah, I was just I was just thinking about it. I'm like. They can't be under that umbrella because they happen like they gave the company the name,
2: you know. Yeah, of course. So like, but those are the iconic Adam Sandler performances, and it's his production company.
1: Yeah, I feel like like Big Daddy
2: was probably the first one that was. Which one do you prefer, Billy Madison or uh, Happy Gilmore?
1: I watched Billy Madison this past week. Haven't watched Happy Gilmore in a very long time, so that one's gonna be next. And I think I can update the people. If they really want to know my opinion on fucking Happy Gilmore, Billy Madison.
2: Like on like a wide scale retrospect for me, I think Billy Madison is about a guy who's a child mm-hmm. and Happy Gilmore is about a guy with anchor issues mm-hmm. and an unfulfilled dream. Mm-hmm. Those are different movies.
1: Uh, they both have unfulfilled dreams. Um, the Billy, Billy Madison Ma- doesn't really have any dreams. Billy Madison wants to run the company. Why? Because he just doesn't to want prove to it to, it to, to Daddy, just to prove it. He doesn't want to give it uh, give it to Eric. Because he doesn't. Why?
2: I don't know. Exactly. I don't know. Yeah, fucking Happy Gilmore wants to be a fucking hockey player because he has anger issues.
0: <laughs> and, yeah,
2: and he can't be, so instead he's a golfer. Um.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I like Billy Madison a lot. I had lots of fun watching it.
2: I think Happy Gilmore is a more compelling hero's uh, journey. <laughs> Why Why do you say that? I don't know. Make that putt. You can't, you jackass.
1: Yeah, I, you I guess. You won't make
2: this putt. I don't know. It's funnier to me. And I believe that guys struggle much more.
1: I'm, a, a, bo- real, I'm a real big fan of Veronica Vaughn.
2: Yeah, sure, sure. But like that, that kid is just like a rich kid who's spoiled. I, I don't give a fuck about Billy Madison.
1: Okay, that's fine. How do you feel about Nudie Magazine Day, though?
2: Oh, Mr. Penguin, Mr. Penguin,
1: (laughs) I go on the hair first and I clean it. (laughs) I go on the hair second and I make it silky
2: smooth. Listen, there's, uh, it's way funnier. (laughs) Billy Madison is way funnier. (laughs) Yeah, but there's Bob Barker
1: and fucking Happy Gilmore. I know. Ah, no, you dude, you're you're right. The price is
2: wrong. Bob um okay let's see what else we got here fighting since we were talking about Bob uh let's see I mean you already t- you already told it what like it is yeah this is a nine out of ten man you fought Sabretooth um and the gator they're sick whips nudity class stuff boom nine out of ten on the Swayze scale, Swayze scale. that's nine out of ten fucking gators
1: yeah. Wanted to
2: give it something else. Nine out
1: of ten Def Leppard T-shirts. I like that Def Leppard
2: sucks was an insult thrown in this movie at Joe Dirt. At Joe Dirt. That's a personal offense.
0: Def Leppard sucks.
2: Okay, and as far as the Swayze Swayze scale character edition goes, yeah, we're looking at cigarettes, recklessness, stubborn positivity, and soft masculinity. But he is not an athletic man, as I've said many times. We're looking at a four out of five uh, ripped up Def Leppard t-shirts on the Swayze character scale. That is great. If you say so. That is great. If only I could have thought of something better. Five out of ten double fretters.
1: (sighs) Well, Josh... This movie costs $17.7 million to make. Do you think that's a lot? I don't know if that's a lot. It doesn't seem like a lot to me. Uh, the box office opening weekend worldwide was $8 million, but it ended up grossing $30.9 million worldwide.
2: If only they could reap the benefits of resale value, man. Right? 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 <laughs> We should have to pay a tax to
1: Joe Dirt. You know what's gonna happen? You know what's gonna fucking happen. This happens every time I'm looking for a movie. I'll look and 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 I'll, look and I'll never find it, right? And I'll just break down and I'll buy it on eBay or whatever for like the ten bucks or whatever. And then every single time I go to the fucking store for the next year and a half, it'll be there for a dollar and a half.
2: And you know why it's gonna be there? Because they heard that we did an episode of our podcast about it. Now everyone's gonna wanna go out and buy Joe Dirt. Right. So they're going to go to their local record store and they're going to say, order us a Blu-ray of Joe Dirt. That's something you can do, right? Yeah, that's exactly what they can do.
1: I spent a damn near a decade of my life looking for a DVD copy of Phantom Menace,
2: right? Uh, Because you wanted it without the special effects or whatever? I
1: wanted the DVD version specifically because I had episodes two and three on dvd i couldn't find it i couldn't find it i broke down at gibraltar trade center the last time i actually went there and i paid fifteen dollars mm-hmm. for a dvd copy of the phantom menace in like 2017
2: and does it have like puppet yoda in it no no
1: it's it's just how it was released you know it might it might have puppet yoda i can't that's how remember it was that's originally it was. released um We'll have to double
2: check. I think that George Lucas has since gone back and added CGI Yoda
0: Mm. and some other things.
1: Every time I've gone to a used video store since then, so in the past five, six years, I've seen at least four copies of the Phantom Menace on DVD. Nobody likes that one. Dude. I don't know, Sand. I don't know, that's the second one I don't know why it took so long for me to find it And I know since we've been looking for it for two days And now that we've done this podcast I'm going to be just like overwhelmed Hopefully you can Joe find Derp's. a Blu-ray, dude
2: Let's get you a Blu-ray so we can watch all the deleted scenes I all hope, let's,
1: get, let's Let's look for a twofer Let's see if we can get one and two together
2: Yeah, Joe Dierte, one and two Yeah, Beautiful Losers, number two subtitle who is David Spade in that movie? I don't movie? know. I don't know.
1: Josh, do you want to know how the people felt about this?
2: Is, is this how the people feel about it or felt about it?
1: It's, I don't know. This movie is
2: uh, 20 years old. <laughs>
1: I'm sure people
2: still feel ways about it. Yeah, I think that, you know, only time will tell how the people feel about Joe Dyrte. Letterbox has it rated at 2.5 out of 5. Wow. IMDb's got it at
1: 5.9 out of 5. A Rotten Tomatoes score of 9% with an audience score of 63%. Amazon has it sitting pretty at 4.7 out of 5 with an 84% 5-star, 2% 1-star. Do you agree with that?
2: Yeah, I I agree with those Amazon reviews. Uh, What's up with this
1: Rotten Tomatoes, this 9%? That's... Just... (laughs) Nine out of 100. Let's just, let's just the critics are just like, no. What do you think Roger Ebert said? Roger Ebert did not see this movie.
2: This is trash. Joe Dirt is a trash man, and I would never have him on my radio show. <laughs> Joe Dirt's a trash man. Not to disrespect any trash men that you know, this guy would fuck his sister. I bet my co-host Siskel <laughs> would love this motherfucker. Does Cisco like sister fuckers? Yes. Alright. One point five out of four stars.
1: One point five out of four stars. Josh.
2: I uh Roger Ebert likes fucking his sister too. <sighs> that's perv. why he gave it that that's why he gave it that, that one and a half stars. What a perv. What a perv. I'm I'm so
1: happy that he was here to tell us about it though. Me too. You know, that was a really, really insightful piece into Roger Ebert and, you know, Siskel. I think I think I think that's it, man.
2: I think we've exhausted this film.
1: I think that's all we have to say about Joe Dirt. It was lots of fun. I we think- like
2: it better than the average co- bear. I was yeah. going to say goat for some reason. Average goat.
1: Is that uh, what people say? <laughs> I think it was lots of fun. I think that seeing Fred Ward be a hero <laughs> in one film and then a villain. A villain? A uh, a uh, A foil? An, an, I, w- the real w-
2: villain in this film is Bobby, and yeah,
1: in like, life, <laughs> he he's just like you get to see him be a rad dad and then a bad dad, you know, like yep the whole spectrum of dadliness out of Fred Ward in these films.
2: Mm-hmm. I think he's a he was a swayze guy. It sounds like he had a pretty swayze upbringing, yeah. And you know, he was a jack of all trades. He worked for himself, but he was also a clown.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: So he came in the game pretty late. He was old. Yeah, man. You got to watch that Alcatraz movie see how old how young he gets.
1: We will. We will watch Escape from Alcatraz. Hell That'll yeah. It'll be great. Hell yeah. So to the Ward family, our sympathies. We hope that uh, you know things you y- y- you are okay.
0: There's waysy adjacent. He couldn't be in every-